0: Greetings, all, and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Today, we're having an open editorial meeting, open to a point with some specific focus on two of our verticals, borderless, which is our immigration vertical and technocracy, which is, well, you know, our tech vertical. And today I'm hoping we'll find some surprising overlap in those two in the tech immigration Venn diagram, but we'll see. Let me start by introducing our guests today. Uh, it's very exciting because Amelia's here. We haven't seen Amelia in a long time. It's great to see her face posing in front of all of her participation trophies. <laughs> Slash, there's probably some legit diplomas up there and she's just being humble. But if you guys could see it, you know Amelia's got a wonderful backdrop. Uh, also, Sarah's here and we just determined that This is uh, Sarah's first time on the show in 2019 and probably a while before that. Uh, So it's great to have you both. And with us, as always, of course, is our fearless leader uh, who keeps us on track and sounding good, Eming Piancai. Thanks to all of you for being here. I have to start with uh, the 21 Savage story because it's so loaded with implications for so many different things, immigration, race, the entertainment industry, uh, the president, uh, everything. Uh, And it comes at the intersection of two of our favorite subjects here on the show, immigration and SoundCloud rappers. Although... Some people might argue that 21 Savage is not a SoundCloud rapper. That's fine. That can be part of this conversation, too. Uh, But first, a very brief overview. Uh, On Super Bowl Sunday, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents took 21 Savage into custody on claims that he is a, quote, unlawfully present United Kingdom national. Uh, Some people are pointing to the fact that he criticized ICE during a recent performance on The Tonight Show, uh, saying that there could be a connection between his criticism of the agency and and American immigration policy and his what seems to be a pretty random uh, detainment. I, there's no shortage of theories, uh, in fact, but I want to open it up for discussion here. And I'd like to start with you, Amelia, just because you mentioned something before the show that I was not aware of, uh, which is Jay-Z's involvement. Uh, in this story, can you tell us a little bit about that from from what you know, Amelia?
1: Yes, for sure. So um, this came out actually recently, but after his arrest, actually, literally today, recently today, mm-hmm. um, Jay Z um, he said that this was like a travesty, which you know, obviously, it is doing it just to anyone. Um, but he ha- he's actually hiring a team of lawyers to assist Twenty One Savage. On his um, deportation case, uh, The Hill actually wrote about this, but they said the move from Jay Z comes only days after um, ICE arrested Twenty One Savage. I don't know. I wasn't expect. Maybe they have a like relationship that I don't really know about, but um, I do feel like like when I saw the report, I almost didn't believe it at first. To be honest, because I was like, wait, what? Like, it just felt so. You mean
0: about Jay Z's involvement or about about 21 Savage's
1: detainment? Sorry, about 21 Savage. I I was like, wait.
0: Well, I was shocked just by the revelation that he was born in the UK. Right,
1: right. That's brand new information. Right, (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. And then actually, also, uh, a representative from Georgia, Hank Johnson, also commented on the situation. Um, and he's saying uh, that 21 Savage is a great you know, addition to Atlanta and, um, you know, people there and his community. So it seems like people are really rallying uh, behind him right now. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see, like, in the in this week especially i know tomorrow's friday but what's kind of gonna unfold because it seems it does seem like just very out of character i guess i mean not out of character i guess this is their job is to detain people but um, it
0: seems at the very least maybe the phrase i would use is ill-advised right like it's kind of counter to their own mission right, to right. choose like a prominent, successful, right. well-liked person to deport right. when they've been getting by on all this time just taking anonymous, hardworking people that nobody knows right. and deporting them. Do You know what right, I mean? Like that's right, been right. working just fine that's for them. I was
1: like, wait, wh- what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right. also, I mean, you mentioned Jay-Z's involvement uh, and it reminds me that Jay-Z, of course, was involved in uh, Meek Mill's case. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he wrote an op-ed for the new york times talking about you know criticizing the criminal justice system and um you know the outsized power of judges talking specifically about the judge who locked up meek mill you know meek got out pretty soon after that uh i think jay-z was a a really a pretty prominent voice in getting people to pay attention to that issue Uh, and he's the kind of name obviously that that can get an op-ed in the new york times i'd be interested to see him do the same thing here. Not him, not necessarily just to give him sole credit, but that kind of attention can can get people galvanized around an issue uh, and then we can pay attention to, you know, we can shift our attentions from uh, Meek Mill's issues with the criminal justice system and now start to talk about immigration uh, and deportation. Uh, sorry, uh, Sarah, I think you were starting to say something and then I, I did what I do and I talked too much. <laughs> Go ahead. Well,
2: it's just really interesting because I was just reading over a little bit of his immigration story, which is that he came here when he was seven and If you look at his timeline, it just rings really true to my family's experience like I was ten when I came here, my brother was seven. The time his visa stay got um pushed forward was when he was twenty one so he's been on hold for four years. That's when I became an american so if they hadn't changed some of the immigration laws back in the nineties where you automatically bring in the kids of people who are here. Like that could have been me and my brother. We could have been like sent back like super easy and he's engaged and he has three kids here. So it's so weird to me that, that that's his status and that they chose to pull him. And it's almost kind of like a public FU and like that, they're just saying like, Hey, no, we are, we're, we're, are taking everyone back. You know, we're deporting those people who are taking our good jobs. It kind of feels like it's just a very public display to like get that constituency on board and have a very prominent proof that they are deporting people. Regardless.
0: Yeah. That's, I was, so. I'm so glad that you mentioned that it's because I, I didn't have to ask it. I was getting ready to say, like, how am I going to say, Sarah isn't your story similar? (laughs) And instead of having to say that without enough information, you volunteered it. So thank you for making it easy for us. (laughs) Uh, I I listen to some of his music. I'm not like I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Twenty One Savage fan, but obviously because of this, I'm like looking deeper into his catalog. uh, And people have written about the lyrics of his recent. Single. I guess this is his most recent single. A lot. Do you guys are you familiar with the song or the lyrics? Anybody? I was not a show, and I'm not. Um, you know, I I used to be a conspiracy theorist. I used to be full mind and think everything was connected, and there was like a piece of yarn from the CIA to you know um, everything. But I still think there's something. If you really think about um, what's kind of. Tearing this country apart right now, like are the federal government just shut down like because people couldn't agree about essentially about immigration and, and border enforcement. Right. Like for for whatever reason, this has become the top of the list, social and political issue. Uh, it's pretty remarkable to have a really popular artist like stand up and be critical of a specific agency. I would not be shocked if there was someone in that agency who's like, wait, who's this guy on stage, like saying, you know, being critical of Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, like what's his background or don't we have some paperwork on that guy? Like almost it, it feels like almost retaliatory, not mm-hmm. necessarily that it goes all the way to the top, but it's like, I, I'm not ready to let it just be a coincidence yet. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but a lot of people online are saying that. But I guess a lot of people online say a lot of things. Um for what it's worth, uh, but I did not know that about him and and his music, and it kind of makes the whole thing even more compelling, at least to me, uh, than it already was. Uh, and I agree. I think that um, with Jay Z's attention, this this could kind of force the conversation that we need to have. You know, I think up until now there have been a lot of people. Uh, on the sidelines, I get. I mean, there's so many, it's, it's such a volatile political time that everybody can't double down on every issue. But I think this kind of thing can bring a lot of people, particularly young people, like people like his fans. I mean, think about it. At the State of the Union Address, you know, the president invites this woman, who uh, you know is out of prison, because Kim Kardashian came and visited him in the Oval Office and said, "Like, can you let this woman?" You know, like presented this clemency plea essentially for the president that worked. Um, I I am intrigued by the power of celebrity to shift these national conversations. Uh, and even though I mean, this is obviously a very personal tragedy for. This man and his family. Um, but I think it might force us to have a conversation that we needed to have for a long time. That's my piece. Uh, the other part of this uh, immigration conversation was this interactive map. Have you guys seen this thing or tried to mess around with it at all? It's kind bit. of fun. It's a little weird. Uh, it is a little weird, but it's like kind of a fun. Uh, toy, But this is from the Pew Research Center, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of like a data crunch Im- interactive map for uh, what they call U.S. unauthorized immigrant population estimates by state based on numbers from 2016. Uh, and you can look at the population in general. You can look at the labor force. You can like ha- hang over a state Um you know, like I'm going over California right now and it says 2.2 million, quote, unauthorized immigrant population. Uh, and, you know, and it's what's most perplexing, I guess, about this, even though it's it's worth taking a look at uh, is something that Melanie said, even though, unfortunately, I wish Melanie could be here, but she's working hard uh, about the methodology, which is like, obviously, how do you get data about a group of people that? You know, for for one, aren't documented, so you can't get data that way, and also people who are like kind of reluctant to uh, volunteer their status, right? So, and I didn't look this closely. This all credit is due to Melanie Feliciano, our thorough uh, investigative journalist here, who looked at here. I, I want to get it exactly right. What the methodology is: subtracting the number of death and birth certificates divided by school enrollment and tax records, right? Like, which as a theory makes sense. She said her brain exploded. So I'm like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like making my my brain fry a little bit, but it's kind of an interesting concept. If you look at like the amount of people who die in a state versus the amount of people who are born in a state, but it doesn't really account for people who move from another state to that state uh, school. it's like, it, it's very perplexing, but it is a, a, like an interesting interactive tool Um, we'll put a link up when we eventually put this show up so that people can kind of like play around with it and look at some of these numbers. Um, I don't know, you know, I think part of this is to kind of like dispel the myth. Like what I want to do is like take a map of like states where people like really want to build a wall and, like, think that, like, immigration and undocumented immigration is, like, the biggest problem in this country and, like, transpose it against the states where, like, there actually is a high concentration um, because it looks like there's, like, a reverse correlation, right? Like, if you look at these, like, the reddest states, they're the places that have the lowest quote, unauthorized immigrant populations. And then you look at a place like California, a consistently blue state and New York, they have pretty sizable immigrant populations. Uh And they're not, you know, as a whole, the ones prioritizing, you know, building a wall or deporting people. There's something there. We don't know what I'd actually like to maybe have a separate post and this is my pitch uh, on the site where we can have this interactive map and then like put it next to a map of voting trends and polling data about like who's, you know, who thinks the sky is falling because of undocumented mm. immigration for lack of a better phrase. That's my, <laughs> that's my hysteria phrase. The sky is falling. Eming, um, did you say you messed around with it a little bit? What did you, what were you able to glean from this um. map?
3: I was just intrigued that there's this big gap between Arizona and Texas of like the colors. I thought that was interesting. I figured there would be at least maybe more New Mexico than Texas, maybe by a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Arizona, all these border states actually have really high populations. Uh, and for whatever reason, New Mexico doesn't. Although the actual span of the border that's in New Mexico isn't that big. No, but still. Um,
3: I figured it would be a spot.
0: I just think this methodology, like, I'm with Melanie. I'm like, I don't trust these numbers. You know, this really feels like a back of the envelope thing where, like, you can get, like, very broad strokes. But I I just, you know, there's really no way to get those numbers. That's kind of been part of the problem this whole time.
3: I don't don't understand that. I don't get the what you said the methodology I, I and how that works basically
0: here's the data that they have right. the data that they have is like here's how many people were born in this state right because that's something that you can go it's publicly available records birth certificates right? right here's how many people died death certificates and then school enrollment right like you don't have to different states have different laws but like for the most part you don't need to be um documented to be a student right right? like any kid can show up and go to school so they're looking at school enrollment and looking at discrepancies between school enrollment and like essentially birth certificates or census data you know Right. but i mean this is kind of a a hot issue too
3: because not everyone like reports that anyways
0: of course and a lot of people i mean in the past people you know they encourage people who are undocumented to fill out Their census forms. Right. right? Like they tell people, like, listen, like, we don't care where you were born, if you're a citizen or whatever, like we just want to get an accurate number. And I remember even like way back the 2000 sentence Pacific News Service or census Pacific News Service was involved. And a big part of their job at Pacific News Service was to reach out to immigrant communities to tell people, like, don't be afraid to fill out this form if you have immigration issues. You know, which now it's like, well, now I really am being a conspiracy theorist. But, like, you know, anytime the government says, like, don't trip, just fill out this form, everything's going to be all good. <laughs> I, like, I get a little suspicious, too. But that's been the objective in the past. Right. They just want to get an accurate read. Uh, so I agree. I, I think it's just, you know, I mean, this is a reputable organization. Right. You know, Pew Research Center, like, they get numbers on things that's that, I thought you know, it was you legitimacy. can't really get numbers yeah, like,
3: This on. is probably, like... Accurate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not not legit, right? Like, I don't believe that they have some kind of political objective, and I don't believe that their methodology is, like, questionable. Uh, I just mean, like, what a task. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how do you determine something? Uh, And I'm intrigued. By the methodology, similar to what Melanie said, but I'm also like, there's no way that you're going to get that. So they break it down. Like, if you look at percentages, like you can just start, let's look at California, because we all love California. <laughs> I think I think we all love California. Do we all love California? <laughs> yeah.
2: And also, side note, the article for the methodology is about three times as long as this actual article.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should hope so. They've we got gotta, a lot I to explain. explain. <laughs> they
2: got to break it all down from yeah. A to Z. Right. <laughs> I mean like six states don't have the same methodology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean and when they when you look at this table, you know, you'll see like okay, California two point two million, what they call unauthorized. I mean the phrasing is, is like troubled, right? We wanna make sure to like you use the right phrasing. I think unauthorized immigrant is different from undocumented, right? Like most um, outlets have stopped using words like illegal to describe people, thankfully, but the phrase they're using is unauthorized immigrants. So that's what I'll use. California 2.2 million unauthorized immigrant population, uh, which is five and a half percent of the unauthorized immigrant population in the country. It's about one in 20 or more than one in 20, uh, and then they break it down by students. So, like, percentage of K-12 through 12 students with unauthorized immigrant parents. I really
3: doubt that's accurate. <laughs> I really doubt that. Yeah. That can't be accurate. I yeah. don't believe that for a second.
0: What, the, the 13.3% number? Yeah. Or just that they could that's, get a figure like that? They, like they that. Could get that. And
3: it'd yeah. be, I, I just don't believe it. I don't think that's...
0: Yeah. I mean, what's most interesting here, if we're really looking for a trend... Um, and this is something that people have mentioned, you know, around this kind of manufactured urgency about the border and immigration is one of these columns is change in unauthorized immigrant population from 2007 to 2016. Right. Mm -hmm. So say what you want about this methodology. They used the same methodology in 2007 and 2016 and the numbers in the majority of these States dropped. Dramatically. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like between 2007 and 2016, there are half a million fewer unauthorized immigrants in California and 1.5 fewer nationwide. Right. That's a big number, right? That's not like a rounding error. That's actually quite significant. And this is another thing. Here I am continuing to pitch my story. We kind of mm-hmm. need to put this data up against like the national conversation about immigration policy and about people, you know, coming over the border, Um because it doesn't you know there's this presupposed urgency uh this is such an important issue that we have to shut down the government about it um when the reality is is that the numbers are going down Um, and it's
2: interesting to that point like the only group that is called out other than the fact you know it's the unauthorized immigrants is specifically Percentage of that group that is Mexican in each state. That's true. So they're they're lobbying that same exact issue. They're they're not saying here's a table of all the different ethnicities. They're just saying like Obviously. Mexican is X percent. This is why right. we have a
3: wall. Like I mean, it's the one thing Trump right. has. Um, the one promise that Trump made during his mm-hmm. campaign that he like needs to like do, or else he is not anywhere near winning twenty twenty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know Darn. man I'm done for I'm done forecasting elections saying, by like, the way
3: <laughs> come through on this one thing like he, he couldn't do healthcare he couldn't do anything else the border is the only card he has left to play <laughs> and he is going to yeah, I make mean, it across the goals and make California pay for it with
0: our in terms of like FEMA money dividing people with a social issue. I understand why it's like a useful political tool to like tear people apart, um, but it just doesn't match up with the data. Right. Like there, you know, this is a conversation years ago when I first got involved in criminal justice reform, you know, many moons ago in the year 2000. Um you know, there was legislation to overhaul the juvenile justice system in California, and it was, you know, pretty draconian. They wanted to make it easier to charge young people uh, as adults. They wanted to have gang enhancements. Like, it was terrible. But the problem, and this is actually something at the time that Stanley Close pointed out, was juvenile justice system was flawed. It was broken. Everybody agreed that it was broken. Conservatives, liberals, like, no matter what your position on crime. It just happened that you know, p- people who are tough on crime, conservatives were the ones who proposed the solution. The reason it passed is because it was a it was a flawed system. And that was the first solution they came up with. This is different. This is something that like people are creating an urgency around so that um, we're not paying attention to other things, in my opinion. Um, it's not you know, it's it's not that we don't need to evaluate our immigration system, but the idea of like this crisis um you know, and, and just the the audacity of inviting people whose family members were victims of, of crimes uh, committed by people who are undocumented is just so cynical and misleading. Um, but I guess, I mean, we're past the point, right? Like, I'm not saying anything that people, we, I mean, we say this kind of stuff every day. But this one is one that we, uh, you know, as an organization, like we can kind of put this data up there compare the two and kind of expose the discrepancy that's what i'm interested in unpacking some of these numbers
1: right um, I, I would say too like even i mean it's obvious that american citizens you know statistically they cause more harm to other americans than immigrants do
2: yeah of um, course so um oh yeah okay as you if you have immigrant parents the number one threat is do not do that you are going to get deported like, my mom said that to me a good jillion times growing up. My brother got busted for poking, smoking pot on the beach in Humboldt, like, after we'd become a citizens And she's like, if you had done that, like, a year ago, you wouldn't even be here. Like, <laughs> they're so dramatic. So, anyway...
0: Right, it's right. real though. I mean, these are people. It, it's a very real thing to live right. in fear like that. You know, where you your whole circumstances are that precarious. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't blame them for being vigilant like that. Although smoking weed on the beach in Humboldt, Humboldt. I feel like that's kind of like <laughs> of all that one's okay. That one, right. your mom could be like, oh, okay, never mind. Actually, this one, I'll let this one slide.
2: Yeah, right. Right of passage.
1: <laughs> I, I would also say too, like um. I feel like it's you know it's not just recently but i i really I, ah like how do you you know reason with delusion? It's not possible because even if you do i mean the figures and facts and statistics around who's actually committing crimes, the reality of immigration actually going down rather than being in this crisis mode like that's been you know shared over and over and over again, but there's no um Like, you know, even let's say, like, he's not yet, but, you know, he'll still create hatred. He, you know, because that perpetuates itself, that's his base. So, you know, the wall, he could, you know, I'm sure he could twist it into somehow, you know, he still created it. But we all don't know. I don't know how he could twist it in a way that that's still um, because, you know, even like the State of the Union, that was really to once again, Uh, reaffirm is he was basically like trying to do a campaign rally of the state of the union and and reaffirm his base had nothing to do with creating proposals legislation you know nothing like that it was just a campaign rally but um i feel like yeah yeah this is definitely like a um yeah i mean all this whole these whole past two years have been manufactured manufactured like crises and um situations that were never there but were created through um hateful rhetoric and demonizing people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. None right of in a lot of ways. It's it's almost I I like your point that, you know, whether or not the wall gets built, it's like there's so much hateful rhetoric and it's like um you know, activating and justifying this kind of like hateful talk that like the wall is at some point irrelevant. It's like if you have this many people, it's like what's most harmful is changing the way that people like how this discourse plays out, which now has become so heavily infected by racism and xenophobia that the wall is kind of just like a metaphor. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right, right, right. It's like a phantom city, that we can all go to one one day or whatever i don't know but i you know one thing that he i think he recently shared about el paso texas and um he said you know once that the border was up in el paso you know crime has gone down and i'm like uh all right so <laughs> we just made that one up that was you know, so it's like even they'll twist. You know, these kinds of things as well. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just like really trying to figure out what Ice is trying to do now with Twenty One Savage. Like, I'm really yeah. curious. Well
3: kind of? I mean, when I first read it, I was like, are they just like going down lists of people and checking? <laughs> is that because <laughs> like, I'm like, this just seems so out of the out of like left field somewhere. And I was like, it, it seems like yeah. there's a bigger plan in play. And it's like an, an evil villain um, eventually y- you'll figure out their, their masterful plan but it just, it just feels like
0: which is else. ironic because most of the times that we see 21 Savage he shows up in memes looking like yeah. an evil villain oh my god that's a Have very
3: you- legit oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I feel like that's kind of like turned the meme on its head where it's like he's the nice guy now. You know what I mean? He's like maybe maybe the twenty maybe he has an evil twin who works for ICE and that's the real you know, like <laughs> evil villain, like the, the double twist in the meme realm. Uh but, but yeah, man, he's he's a he's a meme. That's how big he is.
2: But think about it this way to the group of us, he's not the villain but to the people who they're trying to appease by deporting him, he fits the archetype of a villain. So they're like, so to them, that image matches with someone who should be deported.
0: Mm. yeah I mean I find it to your point Yiming very hard to believe that like Ice was just kind of like going through their file cabinet and they're like alright right, well, who's up next yeah. like
1: it's okay good. yeah
0: who's who's this guy you know uh, I also learned I, I mean I never knew his real name before not that I mean the only rappers whose real names I know are like Wu-Tang mm-hmm. members you know <laughs> <laughs> like people from the 90s you know, yes, Russell, know.
3: you're in 90s hip hop
0: that that, i'm not limiting it to that all right i'm just saying there was a time when i was like really invested in knowing rappers real names and that time has passed (laughs) uh (laughs) just uh, but i want to bring up i want to bring up his real name uh because i think it's relevant to this conversation sadly relevant yeah um i was just reading that too it's uh because his name is Shia bin Abraham Joseph, mm-hmm. which,
2: <laughs>
0: you know, right, that's <laughs> I, I don't have to say that much about that. If they were just going through the file cabinet and they're like, oh, who's next on the on the ice raid list? And they were like, oh, we got uh, Shia bin Abraham Joseph. And they're like, oh great. It sounds exactly like, you know what I'm saying? Like the person who should be next up on this docket. I think that's relevant or interesting. I don't know necessarily the origin of his name and I don't know enough about his background, Uh, but it's certainly worth mentioning in this context, you know, if we're talking about who gets deported and who doesn't get deported. (laughs) Um, that was uh, that was right in the lead of the New Yorker piece and I was very surprised to learn that that was his real name and then you know the New York Times piece I really need to get out of the like New York media bubble I just I can't it's like a it's like a bad habit that I can't quit because um, it gives me things to be grouchy about but the New York <laughs> Times piece was the New York Times piece was all about like is he an American rapper you know oh, I, like, saw
3: that. I saw that I saw
0: that I was like
3: what do you mean <laughs>
0: It's it's so New York <laughs> Timesy too. It's just like, huh, we cover hip hop guys. By the <laughs> way, In <case> didn't <laughs> you know? know, entertainment section. Yeah, and they're like, oh, like, like, pho- you it. know, wiping down. <laughs> Wiping down their monocle <laughs> real quick so that they can like read some rap lyrics, um, but I was like, well, "There's no question. Why is this even something that needs to be unpacked? Is Twenty One Savage an American rapper? Yeah, obviously, as evidenced by the fact that when people heard he was he got detained by ICE, they were like, "Wait, he's not a he wasn't born here. That's like a you know." I, that, it, the question answers itself. He's 21 Savage. He's an Atlanta rapper. Uh, one other thing that I learned reading this story before we move on uh, is since I, you guys are making fun of me for being a 90s rapper, not that I didn't bring it up, a 90s just rap me. fan, but just you. just you. I like to generalize. You guys, all of you guys are attacking me. I'm bullied. I'm the most bullied person in the oh world my God. right after, right <laughs> so after Melania. It goes, it goes Melania, then Please. me. <laughs> We're tied for first. Uh, Slick Rick had his own uh, immigration drama. You guys, did you guys know about this? No. Slick Rick, you know from, uh, uh, so I he has a British accent. First of all, so we all knew. or at least suspected that he was born in the UK. Uh, But apparently he's been dealing with this for 23 years. And only in recently in 2016, was he able to resolve his uh, immigration woes. Hopefully we can play. This will give me an excuse to play some uh, slick Rick songs over the podcast. or maybe put some links when we finally put it up on the site. Uh, Lottie Dottie. Can we just like put, somebody
3: dying <laughs> from there
0: be like examples of like wonderful heart on un- yet another like immigrant who's contributed wonderful things to our culture Slick Rick also uh, born in the United Kingdom FYI that's your the more you know fact for today
3: thank you for the truth
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> for everybody who's still listening to Slick Rick out there <laughs> um all right so really quickly I just want to go over these tech headlines uh, because I want to make one one quick point before we move on. First of all, do you guys know about this Fortnite Marshmallow concert?
3: I thought that was a pretty cool mm. story. I, I, I thought that was really interesting.
0: Eaming, tell us, give us the overview. What is well, the story? It's,
3: it's basically the, but Marshmallow. I, I don't really know his music that well. I know like that one song he has called Happy. I think. Uh, he, the, he partnered, I guess, with Fortnite, and um, he basically threw a concert like in the game of Fortnite. Um, I I don't remember all the specifics, but it just, it was like, the the general theme was like, you know, we've reached this point in our society where we're able to like, like, you know, kind of to the point that you made in your email, Russell, about there not being any like limits. Like there's no actual like a, in our issue now with like Mexico and the borders and shit, like there is none for the internet. Like stuff like this, like you can basically go (sighs) to concerts and... In any capacity, and and like see them quote unquote live because you're he's he's actually within the game itself performing. Um,
0: so it's like a completely virtual concert yeah. that people were able to quote unquote attend yeah. by like inhabiting their avatar in Fortnite yeah. and then whatever going to a venue. Did they sell tickets? I don't know, but like going to a venue ostensibly tickets, but and like I
3: know he actually posted it on his on his website as like a place he was playing. <laughs> a place he was playing like he was playing in this location within the game and it was like on his website was like he's gonna be performing at blah 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 blah. so that was like interesting i mean of part of it. the reason
0: this this makes sense for fortnite is like my favorite thing about fortnite is that the, all the characters dance yeah you know what i mean like people have sig- the, like the characters have that's, signature dances so if them. there's gonna be all a all about yeah. the dance
3: <laughs> That's all. So I mean, most
0: of the, like the fact that you like every like seven year old that you see out in the world is like oh, yeah. if they're bored for one second, oh, yeah. doing yeah. the floss. No. Right, like no. the reason they're doing well, you teach kids, so you know this is like this is what kids do yep. now. But it's Fortnite. Like those dance moves are being circulated uh, on that game. In any case, that's to me, that's why it makes sense to have a virtual concert. Uh, cause all those characters can dance. It's like you don't have to be with someone like me, like every video game I played growing up, I played with my brother. That was the only person I could play video games with because I was the only person in my house, you know, who played video games anyway. But that's not true anymore. Obviously, this hasn't been true for a long time. You can like you meet people online, you've like become friends with people online by playing video games with them. And that feature of Fortnite, I think, is it's part of the reason it's so successful is because that feature works so well. But I mean, I, you know, again, like I said, I'm not a Fortnite expert. I'm not even pretending to be a Fortnite expert.
3: I think you should play it now and find out and then report back. (laughs) That should be your assignment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I
2: googled it and I still don't quite understand.
0: <laughs> we should all play. Oh god, maybe that'll be our next.
3: <laughs> no more Fortnite. I heard you talk about. So I mean, much. we're
0: we're already meeting on the internet with headsets on. Like, <laughs> we may as well just add an additional dimension where we have an objective. You know,
2: it's borderless. Eaming. Oh
0: god. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. it is borderless. Yes. The, and see, the thank you, Sarah. You, you you brought us full circle. This is the main point that I wanted to make. Thank you for for giving me a perfect setup. Uh, I mean, this is basically what you were saying. Eming is that I what I mentioned. Uh, in our message earlier on our on our email thread is, you know, if we're having a conversation about border wall, deportation, immigration, and then going right into a conversation about like the virtual world, uh, I think what I called it was a, a utopian slash oversimplified idea uh, that these stories suggest that immigration and borders will become increasingly less relevant as people spend more of their lives in the virtual realm. Right. I don't think that's something that's going to happen tomorrow. It's not like, oh, we don't have to worry about immigration or like, you know, being compassionate towards people who come to this country because we can all live on the Internet. But if we're forecasting or future casting, I'm very intrigued by the idea that, like, you know, the majority of young people that we know want to play Fortnite so they can hang out in a virtual world and go to a concert and learn dance moves. And then maybe incidentally also have a a battle royale. Uh, and that's the that's the point that I introduced because I knew first of all I knew Melanie was going to be all over it. Melanie wants to; it's, it's so intrigued by the idea of living in the virtual realm uh, that I figured she'd jump right on that, and she did. Uh, and I think that's the suggestion, right? Like we're so fixated on borders, which are these like physical, tangible. I mean, they're not, actually. It would be physical and tangible if there were a wall, but they're, you know, these h- human constructs, right, in our physical world uh, that kind of go out the window as soon as everybody's going to an EDM concert inside the internet. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter, like, whether you're documented if you want to go to a concert inside Fortnite. So, so what know? maybe
3: we should do is give Trump a VR headset. Maybe he can experience that. Maybe he would see, too, that borders are stupid
0: (laughs) that's the solution that's the solution when we started this there was all this talk about oh Queston needs to we need to make our own vr content uh and then i was like i don't know anything about virtual reality so that's on hold for now but uh i'm intrigued i'm i like moonshots man i'm watching these fire festival documentaries i'm like hey man he could have pulled it off you know why you, you know why are you giving this guy such a hard time he's a dreamer that's no, not actually my takeaway a, from the fire Festival. He's definitely not <laughs> a dreamer. He
3: definitely is an asshole. He's, he's, and he definitely he's stole
0: hell money. Guys. Hey, visionaries can be assholes, okay? That's... Uh, I think... That'll, that'll be I our... You're making that will be general, our headline.
3: Too general of a statement. You gotta narrow it down No, I'm one.
0: not... I'm not defending that dude. No, all, I, all of that, that whole joke is to say I, I'm into moonshots. I love it. It's the one thing about Silicon Valley culture that I dig because it's like, you know, I, I like the idea of thinking big. Uh, creating virtual reality content on our own, it was a big thought. I support Big thoughts. I just couldn't contribute much because I didn't know anything about developing virtual reality content. But now that you mention it, maybe our first VR content should be like something that we could, you know, send to the president. Like, what is, what is important for him to see? And you know what? This is relevant. I wish Melanie was here because her first idea was when we were pitching this was around the time that the president, and this is another, you know, relevant to our immigration conversation, uh, called all these countries shithole countries. Mm. You guys remember the shithole yeah. country comment? <laughs> I know it was a long time ago, and there have been so many offensive things that have happened between then and now, but I hope that one still rings a bell. Uh, because Melanie's idea was like, yo, we should make a travel VR show where we go to all the countries that Trump called shithole countries, you know? <laughs> so maybe we can develop that idea and have it be like an empathy VR show uh, that we just like mail to the president. Everybody on board? Is everybody ready to learn how to make VR movies now? First, we need
3: money <laughs> yeah, sure. and then we can have that conversation. Yeah.
0: This this could be the Fire Festival of Media Sites. Oh my god. Sites. do not say that.
3: I'm, I'm think, quitting. Think I'm think. quitting tonight. <laughs> I'm done. I'm leaving.
0: You can If if Fire Festival had worked, if it had worked, it could be like so that.
1: So many people are saying that Trump is fire festivaling That's not a word, but <laughs> It should be. something fire festivaling our country right now that is yeah. a legitimate thing to say Please come to america where you will not survive because you're not make enough <laughs> money and uh good luck and also we will so then, kick you out yeah.
0: rule like russia oh um, intrigued I mean, it it makes sense. That comparison makes sense because you got a huckster who lies his way into like this really high profile job that he's not able to do. Right. I mean, those are those things are true both for the president and for the guy that. Was trying to throw fire festival and like all the the Facebook content that we had to endure that may or may not have been devo- may or may not have been developed by Russians is like the equivalent it to totally like
1: totally was yeah
0: the video of the models like running on the beach
1: yeah. <laughs> I just feel like he is seriously fire festing, festivaling festivaling yeah. right now it is like uh, and that's like literal especially with the government shutdown
0: right not paying right? people for their work
1: like literally not, not and then. And then, like, ha- having the audacity to, like, I mean, he didn't even address it in his state of the unit, but you know, I think I need to stop being surprised.
3: Yeah, don't be. Yeah. Just, 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 just let yeah. whatever yeah. happens, how happens. How
0: about this? There's like, something to be said for still being surprised because it, it, like, shows that you're not fully jaded. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would be scared if I reached the point where I'm like, whatever, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, right, I don't want right, to get right. there but, it but was, it's hard it's it hard to funny. maintain my indignation
1: yeah it was funny though because i like news channels after the state of the union or whatever were like can you like he didn't talk about the government shutdown blah blah I'm like duh like who would come through and be like oh my god y'all remember, <laughs> remember when I like, remember like, when y'all didn't get paid for, for hello that was me <laughs> that was me I can't it let's do it again round two not one of his greatest hits <laughs> yeah like, like yeah, no, he didn't talk about it
0: well, in, in that case, I love this idea. Before we wrap up, I'm I'm gonna just pitch it. We should have something on the site about how this administration is basically firefest. Amelia, feel free, feel yes. free, feel free to, feel free to give it a shot. Girl. Take <laughs> <laughs> it. This is it. your, this is your break, Kyle. <laughs> You said uh, it. Feel free. Yeah, email me directly with any questions. There are some.
1: There are I love some this idea. And I want it to happen. There are sure, but throw the memes about, up there about a Trump fire festivaling. Our country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Listen, me-
0: memes are a very important part of 21st He Social
1: literally is doing that all to the world. He's like, Yeah, is amazing, and it's like, we're a fucking we're dying out here. Like, we're like, you know, the the um, sorry, one more thing, but the the uh, justice department they just made this, they just sued. I don't know. They sued a state that is having heroin injection sites to like protect people, and oh. and they're doing like a massive. They're like suing them, doing like a massive crackdown on these like heroin sites. You know, so people can safely inject. Like they're not safe injection yeah. sites. Safe yeah, injections. Yeah, they're yeah. so after like the state of the union where you know Trump was like, HIV and AIDS will go down. I don't know, whatever. Then. They just sued, like, today. Right.
0: I got to say, Amelia, every time you say something, I'm, I'm going to assign another story to you because it's all good stuff.
1: We, write need, we need that
0: piece from you, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So, evening, please hold us all accountable and remind us that I'm – uh gonna put something on the site for this pew interactive map i'll, I'll we're add it to gonna, your very long gonna, list of
3: things that i've asked you to do i have a long list i do months. have a long you too amelia you, bo- you, do you have both have lists list in my head i'm like we, well we have I'm long waiting lists. we
0: do I'm I'm proud of that list. It means I got a lot of good ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, of we have a lot of good ideas. This is the action part. We're like, this is what should happen. Also, I have a lot of other things to do, so someone else could Just please.
3: In. You can always
0: clone yourself. <laughs> you could outsource it. Yeah, or clone in yourself. VR, yeah. ooh, <laughs> even better. That'd be interesting. At the, 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 yeah. All right, I a I commit. I can, right there. I was just
2: thinking that Black Mirror already went over all of these things
0: (laughs) That's true God, Black Mirror, man, those guys are prescient and not the first time we've talked about them on the show Uh, All right, People have assignments, I want to thank everybody for being here, this was a very lively conversation, Amelia and Sarah welcome back, come back anytime we love you, you're great thanks as always to you, E-Ming to our listeners, until next time Quest on, everybody
3: This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.